All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have a special interview with Adam Sterry again, fresh off another great podcast last week. So how was the weekend off, mate? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Nice to nice to be back. And uh, we've got that James is there, actually, because maybe you can get me on the payroll with these amount of podcasts that I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Adam, to you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My, week, my weekend was good. Um, just some training and... Uh, yeah, weekend off is, is quite rare. So it was nice to get some solid training and we haven't had that this week. So back riding again tomorrow and Wednesday, ready for that. So uh, I'm going to go straight in. Why are you not on the nation's team? Because <laughs> you're going straight there, are we? <laughs> There's no foreplay in this one. We're just straight in. Uh, obviously, obviously, you know, the nation's team is is got to be one of the hardest. You know, I'd, I'd never want to be a nation's manager um, because whatever team you pick, um there's always going to be one or two riders left out there's always going to be questions and you uh live by the sword die by the sword um and mark chamberlain always has you know every year he has the tough choice of putting his team together and literally then facebook blows up with what uh they think the suggestions be and so um but you must have been a little bit disappointed i mean you've had a a cracking season in germany the adac uh the level in the adac this year is is you know awesome you know obviously the riders which have been going there from mxgp um on their off weekends from gps just to keep in practice you've got nagel you've got the cock brothers Spies, say that? yeah speed you know speeds you know it's you know the the adac is is a tough tough championship and not only that you're riding really good tracks against you know some of the best riders in europe so it must have been a bit of bit of pill to swallow yeah i mean of course at the end of the year, it's always a mega achievement if you can ride for for Team GB. Um, and like you said, Mark, of course, has a difficult difficult job of doing that every year. And from my side, of course, it's disappointed. Um, yeah, to not to not get contacted a little bit even once about it. But um, yeah, I don't have any grudges about the team. Of course, the team that he picked is also worthy for the nations. I'm good friends with all the guys on the team, so I'll still be supporting from home and. Uh, yeah, just a little bit disappointing because I had the possibility also to to ride a factory or the possibility to get a factory KTM 250, which I think would have also been good for the team. And uh, yeah, something I would love to have done. But you know, I'll so, still, like I said, still be supporting the team and uh, yeah, cheering the boys on. So I'm um, just going to rewind that a little bit, Adam. You, you've had, you've not, not had a phone call, nothing? No, no, uh, no contact. Uh, that's that's kind of weird because usually, like, obviously, there's like you know five or six riders thrown into uh, into the pot, and then uh, I know, I remember a couple of years ago um, when Mark was out with Jordan Booker just checking on the team. I think it, it, there was a round in Switzerland that they were there um, just assessing riders and stuff like that. So that's strange, hey? That um, you know, kind of no no um, no contact at all is really i i reached out to mark on a on, on just facebook messenger just said hey is it possible to talk about the uh you know the upcoming team selection i've not heard anything since so that's a that's a real shame we have tried to get in contact with him but um because it's always good to have a i think uh, a clear approach to um how this team is chosen so um you know again we, we kind of say it's the toughest toughest job in the world but it's quite interesting to find out exactly what is uh you know what is the criteria because on the other hand obviously you're disappointed but joel rizzi's got to be um super disappointed i wonder if joel's had a phone call at all because um you know he's been on what three different different teams this year he's uh he's lost sixty thousand in um you know it's sixty thousand pound in mxgp because the team just disappeared overnight you know that and and the kids mental strength this year has been in you know just unbelievable because he's come back every single time you know that that to me shows you know quite a, you know a dexterity to to to, to someone who's quite, who's quite young so he must be quite disappointed as well as long as long as yourself adam but 
uh, a factory 250 that sounds quite nice yeah i mean obviously i don't know about anybody else but that's from from my side and like you said it is a difficult decision obviously when i did it in the past in 2019 um yeah it was very clear process there was a selection of riders that they could have chose and um yeah that's how it was how it was done then and i think that worked good but um maybe there's a different approach this year or 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 something about it i don't know i didn't i haven't spoke to mark yet myself so um i don't know but yeah the nation's team's picked and uh everybody needs to get behind the boys and like you said i guess joel i haven't spoke to him either so i don't know what, what his situation is but maybe maybe we need to make a welsh uh Welsh <laughs> oh my we god need, that would be huge we need a third uh third rider though maybe uh ben Ash, phillips Ash bring, just bring bring back glenn phillips um uh, Pinkley, chadry greedy, uh greedy for the entertainment uh, yeah gre- yeah greedy maybe glenn phillips is team manager but pingree maybe, chadry, uh, and everybody last yeah. week was so pissed off because he passed them all Glenn Phillips is the fastest Welshman ever. I'm trying to get him on a podcast um, in the next couple of weeks, but um, yeah, it's 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 a tough it's a tough call. Hey, the nations. I mean, the other thing which I'm and, and I'm as you know, every year I love the nations. I'm Team Great Britain. Like I am biggest supporter. You know, 2007s in Redbud with my little fat belly coming through the fence with me Union Jack, and um, you know I've been all around the world following following Great Team Great Britain. However, um, whether we like to admit it or not, we're through a transitional phase now, hey, Adam, because the old guard of Tommy, Max and Dean has left. You know, that we were very lucky to have riders of that caliber within the team. And and I think this this changeover of the guard, the changing of the guard with with you guys coming through, um, you know, is the expectations can't be a podium this year, can they? Uh, I mean from my perspective, I think Team GB always has to aim for a podium. Um, I think it's also possible that 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 you can get a podium. Um, like 2019, when we did it, it also was maybe... We knew that we could get a podium, but it was maybe in some people's eyes not possible. But, you know, it's the Nations and, and you can drop the results. And the 250 rider needs to do really well. And everything needs to go well because there's obviously six points that's, that are scoring and... Um, it's more of a team race, not just an individual performance. So anything can go wrong. And I think Team GB can always has a good selection of riders that they can pick from. So I think um, a podium should always be the goal. Um, whether that will happen or not, I don't know. I hope it does. And uh, yeah, I think, like you say, it's a bit of a changeover. But um, yeah, in 2019, we also got a podium with Nath, who was not even racing MXGP at the time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my uh, that's my verdict on it. I think we yeah, should always, uh, always aim for the podium. You just poo-pooed over my statement there because, yeah, 2019 goes against everything. You know, Nathan Watson, um, you know, yourself. And, and when you think of... Um, you think of the quality of, of people going, you know, Assen, you, you had the Dutch, you had Belgium, you had uh, the Americans, the German team... Um, Latvians, Estonians, you know, all these riders, um, you know, Australia, all these countries every year, you know, oh, forget the biggest one, France, um, you, you know, every year these these guys, uh, you know, bring it every single year. So when you start to think, you know, Belgium, Dutch, you've got to think, you know, Assen, they got to be, you know, quids in here, France. And the fact that you guys got a, a podium tells you everything is, uh, you know, it, it is about the day, it is about, you know, anything can go wrong. But the reason why I was saying expectations, I guess, is because of the sh- the shadow kind of um, cast by by Wilson, Anstey, and, and Searle over those those past sort of ten years uh, of being in the nations. We don't quite have that caliber of rider kind of um, around at the moment. Someone who is competing for for podiums in MXGP or is is capable of race wins. We, you know, Ben. At the moment, we've got who's doing very very well in mxgp but although they had some updates to the, to, to the beta um earlier on in this year it seems like the the 450 really is um you know we've seen altitude yet at the weekend a little bit of altitude at turkey and you know it's not performing as it would and it's you know him and lupino aren't aren't 
being able to deliver what they they want to in I, you know, I'm going to be honest here and I'm I'm, I'm going to say it and I'm going to get lamb blasted. You know, I was going to get absolutely killed for this. But, you know, I I worry about the Honda CR250 against, um, you know, against the KTMs in, in the Husqvarna's. And, and that's just me straight talking. We're not, we're not talking about uh, a HRC Hunter Lawrence bike um, that, that Josh Gilbert's going to be on. So it's going to be a difficult one for Josh. And I, 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 I'm a massive fan of Josh and I really hope he absolutely smashes the nations you know i'll be rooting for him however i do worry about the the cr250 at the moment i don't know if you share those sentiments adam i don't know if you share those sentiments ed but it's just something which um worries me slightly um yeah of course i think yeah it's hard to tell until it comes to the nations i don't know the situation what bike he will be on or um yeah i'm not sure exactly on how that's going to work um, but yeah, it's very difficult at the moment, as you see at the GPs, to to battle with the with the KTM Huskies and Gas Gases. So they are at the moment okay, and the Yamaha. They they are at the moment the, the strongest uh, manufacturers with the with the strongest bikes. And of course, in two fifty class, it's if you're racing four fifties at the nations as well, you need a you need a strong bike. But um, yeah, I guess we will see how that ha- how that works out and. Like I said, I don't know the situation on um, what they're going to ride or or who will be riding it. So I guess we'll, we'll we'll see and find out. I was going to quickly ask, mate. Obviously, I've heard a lot about Mark. He's so passionate and he really, a lot of blokes have so many good things to say about him. I'm guessing why do you think is the reason why he didn't get a, even a call or a message or something to, you know, prepare some gear or do you need to get these things in order? Because it's not just a click your fingers and it all happens. But do you think it's kind of out of sight, out of mind or... Do you have any sort of insights into why? Because obviously there's not heaps of, you know, Team GB guys that are all in the pot right now. So you're obviously in the ADAC, race some MXGP, you know, you're racing against high-level competition all the time. You're trading in Belgium, obviously chasing the dream and sacrificing a lot to get to where you're going. I guess it's probably more frustration with the process, I suppose, than the actual selection because, like you said, you're all mates with the guys and you wish them well. But I suppose it must be disappointed not to just be considered even in contention, I guess, and no sort of chain of communication you sort of left in the dark and especially with your previous motocross nations effort which you know that also holds some weight having experience at an event like that because it's a massive thing too you know a lot of team selections get made on past experience so yeah i guess is that the thing you can point to just because you're racing in germany and living not in the uk is that why you've been sort of overlooked i guess um yeah i'm i'm, I'm not too sure to be honest i i guess i need to speak to to mark myself to to find out why i guess Obviously, unless you follow it, it's, it's not. I mean, I raced the ADAC, so I'm not racing in the UK every weekend. So it's not even to to the British fans or people watching. I guess um, maybe it's easy to also uh, forget why where I'm racing or what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe because I'm racing the ADAC, but I did do some GPs. Um, I did Italy at the start of the year. Obviously, I got injured. I didn't. I wanted to do Czech and Lommel, but so I had to miss that. Um, just did an Arnhem, which was was going quite well. But yeah, unfortunately, I had to pull out of the the races there just for um, yeah to be safe for the Ada. Basically, too many too many crashes on Saturday. Uh, but it was going really well. Felt really comfortable in in twelfth. I was following Ben back round, and uh, yeah, we train a little bit together here in Belgium sometimes. So he spent most of the time in Italy this year. But yeah, it was feeling like a bit like a training day, and uh, yeah. Um, of course, like you said, I'm I am disappointed, but it's not that I'm bitter about the team selection or bitter that I didn't get picked. It's just, yeah, it would have been nice to um, at least get asked or or put in the mix, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's you know that's the important part in it. It's it's, it's a selection criteria. It's I, I I guess I'm just quite surprised that the main contenders weren't con- weren't kind of spoken to. In, in kind of consulted and in, in, in you know the facts of you know sort of you know being being sought out so hey you know it's uh obviously disappointing for you in you know but it's you know like you know as much as we're we're kind of talking about it, we're all going to be behind team gb at, at the end of the day um you know as we always are every year we have these conversations but that's because we care and we want the best you know for the for the uh for the team but um Going back to yourself, Adam, 
in, in Ed Ed with his kind of comments of um you know kind of out of sight out of mind being in the Adak and I know you've kind of made a few appearances um you know over the last couple of years in in the UK at certain events um just to keep your profile up and stuff but uh have you got one eye back on on the return to um the British Championship or do you think that you know I've got I've got a thought process on this one which I'm happy to share um as always but um racing in europe at the moment is, is where it's at you're racing against the what i believe are the best in the world the the uk tracks in my opinion aren't up to uh the level of um our european compatriots so that's why i believe that when riders come over from the uk and they go and test themselves in the mx125 250 they're just a little bit lost because these guys are like you say are, are running on these tracks lomo in, in in training out there do, do you do you echo that sentiment, Adam, or am I way off here? Do you do you think the tracks are um, way more challenging, a little bit more difficult, and in line with what MXGP expects in Europe? Um, I mean, if you're purely basing it on tracks, I mean, we have really great tracks in the UK. Also, like whether the British Championship or MX Nationals go to them tracks or not, I think we have good enough tracks in the UK, which are also really difficult, like Hawkstone, Desert Martin, um, yeah, all all these types of great tracks like it would be cool, Adam, you, cool give, if... you give me two you give me two and desert martin's not used <laughs> yeah, i know it's not used but that's one of the it's one of the best tracks in the uk if if desert martin could come back for british championship it'd be epic i love that track so much it's so good it's like why have... are we using that track yeah I don't, I don't know the reason i guess i guess cost also, but like for example, it would be cool also if the British could run one weekend after at Matley or or I don't know. There's loads of thing, loads of things to do. But the, in my opinion, the British should run at the best tracks that create the best racing. But going back to what you said about, do I think the tracks in Europe? I don't know whether yeah, of course, Lommel and stuff is one of the most difficult tracks. And if you're training here um, week in week out, then of course you're going to improve. But it's more the fact that the ease of riding over here, I think. Like, there's no sessions. Like, in the UK, if you go on a normal training day, ride day, you might get three or four 15-minute sessions where you need to pass loads of riders. And you you just can't ride at your best in them conditions. And there's a reason why most people base themselves in, like, Italy or, or, um, or in Lommel, where you can just ride freely. You can do your motos, you know, you can go. You can train in the morning, you can go at one o'clock, you can do your two motos, you can go home. Um, as in the UK, of course, there's a lot more traveling. You need to drive, drive two, three hours to ride. Um, like, yeah, I was speaking <clears throat> actually to Monticelli the other day, and he say uh, where he lives in the UK, um, in Kent, I think he lives. Yeah. He needs to leave at six most mornings to go ride, drive three hours, go practice, it's traffic on the way home because he's by London. And you don't, if you add all of that up over the year, then you're going to miss training sessions because you can't, like, for example, over here, you can, I'm 10 minutes from Lommel. You can go train in the morning. You can go ride Lommel. You can train after if you want. In the UK, it's not possible if you want to do a day's riding unless you live next door to a track. Yeah. And it's still, you can't get the ride time in anyway because if you go on a normal practice day, then it's so busy and you only get four sessions. So, for past experience, I think I, I don't think it's the quality of the tracks because yeah, Fat Cats is also good quality, a little bit similar to the tracks you ride over here. It's more the structure to the way that the practice days are laid out. So having uh, well, it's it's interesting you say that we you know a young rider I sponsor called uh, Finn Horn. He's just been uh, he's just done a, a two week trip in in the school holidays. You know, typical family holiday. We'll put the bikes in the back of the camper and drive to Lithuania. They got friends there, but on the way they obviously stopped off at loads of practice tracks, France, Germany, and so on. And uh, every he sends me like you know loads and loads of stories, reels, and everything else because I help him out. And I'm just like, where's this track? Like never seen it before. And he's like, oh, yeah, we just stopped off uh, in Germany. It was open all day, and I was the only person riding. And I'm like, yeah. what? And he's like, yeah, like he said, it's just unreal. And I'm just like, how? 
like like you say, literally, if if where I am in in the UK is is an hour and a half to Apex, and that's you know on a, that's that's the only one I can think of what's open on a Wednesday at the moment. Uh, Doncaster's five hours. I don't even know if Fat Cats is still open. Um, and then down south, I'm stuck. Like you know, I've got Cheddar, which is twenty minutes from me, but you know, you know that's hit or miss whether that's going to be open or whatever. So it's. It, it, you're, you're quite right, actually. If I was a professional rider, and um, and I needed a track, I'd be buggered. It's crazy because I spoke to Jamie Dobb midweek, and uh, he had his own motocross track and supercross track on his farm. So it's like he yeah. was riding every single day. Yeah, of course. Like, like you just said, it's 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 difficult in the UK, especially with the weather that we have. The the majority of tracks are hard packed, and uh, yeah, of course, when it rains, like thinking back to when few years ago now when I was living in the UK and riding then say like if in the winter and the only place that's open is Fat Cats okay we had it a little bit lucky or I had it a little bit lucky should I say I was able to ride private tracks so I didn't really have the the problem of um yeah having to do sessions the same like Tommy and Conrad and Josh have now you know they also sometimes they might go and do it but they most of the time I think they don't ride in sessions so that doesn't really appeal to them but as the youth ride is coming up, of course, it's going to affect them. So, But going back yeah. to when I was in the UK, I'm like two hours away from Fat Cats, North Wales. So you would have to leave early in the morning, probably get traffic on the way there because you have to go across Manchester. Um, yeah, ride, come back, traffic on the way home. Sometimes it would take three hours on the way home. And then by the time you get home, you have no time to do anything. So in theory, if you want, you miss out two training sessions as in physical training sessions compared to um living in belgium so yeah like i said before that's the reason why not just logistically but most riders base themselves over here because of the the benefit you can get from riding the way they do the program over here with riding okay i, I don't agree sometimes because now in the summer some tracks are open at four which is you see so you start riding at four for me, it would be better if you start riding at 10. I, I much prefer to get it done early yeah. and then you have afternoon free. But yeah, like I said, over here, you can be much more productive with your days like, like they can in America, you know, when they have their own training facility. Okay, it's not your own facility over here, but like 10 minutes from normal, you can, it might as well be like your own facility, you know, because there's no sessions. You can ride as much as you want. Um, you can train before, you can train after. So um, and one yeah. thing I get is the, the you're not on your own in Lamar, are you? It's like freaking California for motocross. So how many, there's literally 20, 25 kind of GP or GP speed riders um, around the area all doing the same thing, aren't they? So I'm guessing when you go to Lamar or whether you go to the gym or whatever, you're going to bump into people you know. Yeah, I mean, of course, everyone's not always, they're not always in Lamar. Um, well, there's a few riders in this area, whether that be Holland um brown lommel area but yeah you're always you're always on track with at least a few gp guys of, of course it's hard in the season when they have like turkey indonesia because they riding becomes a little bit less important so they ride maybe once or maybe not even they won't even ride in the week if it's uh if there's two consecutive gps because by this time you've done so much riding it becomes yeah more about of a risk factor. Like sometimes it's not worth the risk or worth the fatigue ready for the next week. It's just, you've done so much riding already by this point in the year. Um, you're not really going to gain anything from doing an extra day riding, you know? Because that's the the one thing which I find um, really interesting. I mean, each individual is different. You know, I, I speak to uh, Lucas and Sasha Coonan and, and I'm like, guys, what do you do in a week? And they like, right, like, we ride all the time. I'm like, well, do you not like, you know, go mountain biking? Do you not go swimming, like surfing, whatever? Like they live near Bay Ritz. It's like, no, we go riding every day. So it's like, it's weird, isn't it? Because there's each to their own, you know, some people prefer riding. Some people prefer staying off the bike because of, you know, injuries and stuff. If you've, if you changed that over the years, as you've got older, Adam. Uh, for me, I think it's good to have a, it's good to have a balance of it, but, yeah, like you said, everybody has their own opinion. I know Jeffrey's one of the guys who likes to to ride a lot. 
Um, and of course, best training for motocross is riding, but that comes with risk. Um, obviously, riding motocross is uh, quite fatiguing as well. It's not just like, it's quite hard on your body. So, I mean, it's a difficult one. You need to find out what works best for you. But um, I think if you go around the whole GP paddock, it's kind of everybody has a similar sort of week in the season. Like Monday's yeah. recovery day, Tuesday will be riding or cycling or some some sort of training. Wednesday the same, and Thursday will be an easy day because most of the time they go again on Friday. So everyone's kind of has the same program, I would say, in the season or there or thereabouts. And uh, yeah, so that that's why the winter for me is really important because that's where you do your hours. And if you end up missing the winter through injury or something, I think it's so hard to catch up if you have to catch up doing racing, you know. If you can, if you could, say you got injured in the winter and you missed the winter and you have to come back and you have to get back up to speed whilst racing, I think that takes so long and it's, it's while everybody's up to speed, it's almost, yeah, it's very difficult to do. As the winter, if you can get all your training done and can come into the season prepared, I think that's a much better way of, uh, much better way of doing it. So at the moment, are you kind of handling your nutrition? Are you handling your, uh, you know, physical uh, training? Are you doing this all yourself, or have you got? Are you working with people, or have you got other people helping you, or are you working with other riders? Um, so I do. I have a physical trainer. It's okay. uh, it's a German guy already for. This is my third year with him now. Um, okay. I don't think you'll know him who his name is, but his name is Stefan Nusser. He used to train uh, Stephen Sword, Barbara Shev, and, um, and he was on Factory Honda uh, when Prado was also young on a 125 and just onto a 250. It was his trainer. Um, Josh Coppins also, when he lost the World Championship due to injury when he had a massive lead. He was also Coppins' not your, trainer. Not your, tra- so, not your trainer's fault. <laughs> no, no, that was the, the, the step down at Lockett's belt. Um, no, that's that's good. So, you, so, you, so obviously, he's worked with quite a few different people. So, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was trying trying to get at. Because obviously, you're over in Lommel on your own. You're riding a German Championship on your own, and I'm just wondering who you got around you at the moment. Because mum and dad's back in the UK. Hey, um, that that's working hard. I expect. Um, and. And and your mum's busy spending the money, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you ask that, yeah. she, she's gonna kill me for that one. You know that, don't you? She will have you on that. I know she will have me. I'm gonna be running when I see her. Um so uh so you were kind of there on your own. You, obviously you got your trainer. What about nutrition and stuff like that? Because obviously that's a quite a big part. Are you quite good with the whole cooking thing and looking after yourself with with eating the right stuff? Because for me, I'm yeah. partial to calories. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, um, I see a chocolate bar problem. and I eat it. You wouldn't have that problem in Belgium because don't have it here, so you're all right. Don't yes, have calories in Belgium. That's why I would never ever, <laughs> ever live in Lommel. <laughs> no, going back to it yeah of, of course over the years i've gained experience of like what works well for me to eat what what's not and what what i should eat and what I shouldn't so from that side i i think i do it okay and obviously my training gets set and looked over by stefan so um it's good his his wife is also um yeah really fit like she does a lot of training so we end up doing training a lot together of course, when Ben's here, if Connor comes over, um, yeah, I ride with Kulas also sometimes. We I prefer it when we ride together. So, like tomorrow, I'm going Lelystad also with Kulas. So, um, it's good when we can ride together. We can chase each other a bit, push each other a bit, and um, yeah, just try to ride with with different people. Yeah, it's a good point you make. Obviously, with the accessibility, and you can see why that kids and professionals, they have these training facilities, one for the resources and the track and everything, but so they can also test themselves against the top guys, like obviously Baker's Factory, Start Racing, MTF. And James, you even know Kenny Van Duren's running a pretty cool program in Europe as well with a lot of those Yamaha guys. So you can definitely see the benefits attached to doing it, even though 
you hear a lot of the guys, especially in Star, saying you've got to really show up for work every day. It's a pretty brutal environment. But I suppose that breeds competition and makes you mentally strong and, you know, primes you for success, even though it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, interesting. I spent um, a couple of weekends ago kind of uh, talking to um, to Pingree Reed, uh, Jeff Emick and Mike Brang. Uh, just about sort of fitness and how it's changed over the years. And it's like, you know, Emic made me laugh because he was just like, what fitness? We just hit parties and, you know, and had fun. No, he's my cross. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, they were saying that literally, you know, how it's all changed. You know, obviously Ricky Carmichael came in and fucked it all up by actually going training and, and doing everything properly. Um, so, well, that and Yamaha, obviously, uh, with the, with the, four stroke it's fucked everything up so they said that once that kind of changed that you know the, the riders today are the, the depth which goes into it you know even with Deegan with his program at the moment um you know Chad was is quite friendly with the Deegans and stuff like that and he was kind of talking talking to us about kind of the the levels what these guys are now going to with nutrition with with the physical attributes um they're more like robots now with, you know, planned food, what they have, measuring of, of carbohydrates, proteins and everything else. So, um, and then let's not forget the supplements because uh, the supplements, what you're not getting, well, stuff, what you're not getting from your, from your, from your food, um, you might be missing some. So you have to be, obviously your body needs to be in a, in a, in a good place with good levels. So the supplements that you're going to take, which aren't cheap as well. So um, is that something you kind of delve into supplement side, Adam? Yeah, I mean, like you said, any sport now is not just motocross, but across the whole world is so getting so advanced and improving every year. Um, so, like I think back in the day, you could you could jump between some sports, and and uh, I don't know if you remember Sean Palmer, who that was. Um, he went from like down on mountain biking, snowboarding, skateboarding, and like compete at the highest freestyle motocross and compete at the high level, but. Now I think you can't really, you can't really jump between uh, between sports just because each sport is getting so developed and each the physical and nutrition for that sport is getting so advanced that I think it's difficult to to do that and it's just getting better and better every year. Training's getting better, the bikes are getting better, and and yeah, it's a difficult one. But um, yeah, I lost track a little bit of what 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 your question was to me, but. Um, no, I was just thinking yeah. about like supplements. Is there supplements what you take at the moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, normally you should get it all from your food, but it's good to take multivitamins and 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 of course the normal stuff like protein after riding to help with recovery, just in case yeah. your body is missing something. Especially, okay, I don't do as much traveling and flying now, but if you're doing the full GP series, and it's just difficult to stay healthy the whole year when you're on planes, and especially your body so. If you've just done a race in in Indonesia at ninety percent humidity and forty degrees, and you're completely your body's completely drained, and then you have to get on a plane with three hundred people on it, um, while your body's run down the next day, obviously it's going to be easy to to pick up a an illness. So I think that's one of the most difficult parts of World Championship motocross is staying healthy for the whole year, not getting injured, and we have to ride in the week and. That's not just racing on the weekend. So we need to be at our best for, for like eight, nine months of the year, which is obviously difficult to do. So it's definitely not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We're running on a different tangent, all these little uh, things coming up. And, um, but I think one of the things we're trying quite interested in is um, uh, how old are you now? I mean, 25? I wish 27. 27 oh my god hasn't time flown 27 as of two days ago oh happy oh, birthday yeah happy it's birthday even, but... uh, it's even chat <laughs> so, um yeah 27 it's all downhill now mate now you're in prime absolute prime uh another two years and you'll be uh you'll be ready for podium material at mxgp so um <laughs> Obviously, you don't obviously want to want to. It is silly season at the moment. Um, uh, I'm guessing that you've um, you're going to be talking to your team about what's happening next year. I'm sure you've had a couple of offers which have come in. Um, obviously, there's a lot going on in MXGP at the moment. Um, we've changed the manufacturers. Triumph coming in. 
um, for next year and 250, 450 the year after. Um, you know, do you, do you still harbor, you know, um, is that pool of MXGP still, still, still bringing you in? Is that something that you still want to do? I mean, yeah, of course, I would like to do the full GPs. It's the pinnacle of the sport in Europe. So for me, that's something that still interests me, but it needs to be the right circumstances with the with the right bike and the right deal, you know. I'm, like you said, 27 now, so I need to think also a little bit about the future and not not going to ride for free or, or, or something along them lines, you know. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see um, in the next few weeks what's, what's going to happen and uh, – yeah, hopefully can have some news news soon and we will we'll see but yeah like i said i i would be interested in racing the full gps again um but yeah it needs to be under the right uh circumstances because the, the reason why i ask these questions is um it, you're right it has got to be under the right circumstances like henry jacoby obviously who you know very well he he's t- I, I spoke to him in hawkstone and um he said that he's better off now outside of MXGP with his personal sponsors and he's able to, you know, do his own kit deals and in, in, in bits and pieces. So this year he's obviously, well, he said to me, he said he's earned more money this year or he's better off this year than he's ever been in MXGP, which, which is crazy. It's like, but I guess this is the same for a lot of riders where in MXGP people possibly don't understand that, you know, uh, really between 20th and 15th, they're probably paying for those rides um to, to get on those teams uh and then 15th to uh eighth they're probably um if they're lucky getting some money but they're probably paying their own travel and stuff and really it's that only top five which are actually doing well with monetization of of salaries and, and bonuses is is that something which you know it plays into your mind with like you know you say you don't want to ride for free you're you're worth x amount and also you've got to live so Physical trainers cost money. Nutrition, eating the right food costs money. Living costs money. You know, you've got to do all these things the same as everybody else in the world, but then you have to put yourself at the, you know, the top 1% to be the best in the world. So it must be hard to chase that dream when, you know, you, you want to get paid what you're worth, but at the same time, um, you know, you kind of got like one eye on, I've got to survive. You know, as much as I want to chase a dream, I've got to survive. I've got to be paid what I'm worth. So on one hand, you want to do the MXGP dream, but that can only happen if, and like you say, under the right circumstances. It's uh, it's yeah. for the fans which kind of go online and, and read about this. So like, oh, why doesn't he take that? That, you know, that why doesn't he ride for this team? Why doesn't he do that? And it's, it's there's a lot more to it. Hey, it's not all sort of you know rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you just pretty much nailed it. Um, there's a reason. There's a reason why you see like me, Conrad, Gilbert, um, Jacoby, Tixier, Nagel, Monticelli, Baton, Monticelli. The why everybody's doing just predominantly domestic championships. You know, it's because you can earn. That's how you can earn earn the money now. Um, and of course, the GPs. Yeah, I'm sure everybody would like to do the GPs. It's just like I said, finding the right deal. And to be at the highest level and compete at the GPs at the minute is so much risk. Um, you need to be at least somewhat rewarded for the risk you're going to take. You know? um, the, the level that the MXGP is at at the moment is so high. And, and yeah, you really need to be, like you said, on point with everything, uh, with nutrition, with food, with training, with training camps, with, and all of that costs money, you know, and, Without the money, you can't do it 100%. And without being 100%, you're not going to compete at the highest level. So it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a, a pit you're stuck in, you know, if you're if you're trying to race the GPs and you can't have the right program. But yeah, I guess it's just trying to find out what's best for you. And then, of course, the age rule and MX2, and there's more people trying to move up and there's not enough rides. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame, but I guess that's the situation at the moment. And, and of course, without the MXGP, there would be, less jobs so it cannot be all bad from mhgp side you know but i think there's definitely things we can improve and at the end of the day make the sport better and give people more money and more jobs and everybody in the sport will then benefit it's interesting because as a rider it's probably hard to put your ambitions 
to the side, I guess, for financial gain, because that's kind of not what you grow up doing. You just want to achieve as much as possible. Do you find that's a bit of a tough balance to find when you're making these decisions? Yeah, of course. Like, obviously, when you're younger, you do motocross because you love to do it. You don't. When I was right, racing around on a 50 and a 65, I was not thinking, yeah, I'm going to go and try and earn money at the GPs. You know, that's not what you try to do. You just do it because you, you love to do it. So, of course, at some point, age plays a factor because if you are 17, then it doesn't matter if you don't earn s- some money, you know. But when you start getting 20 and in your 20s and stuff, you, yeah, you, at some point, you need to think about your future and, and, and earn money. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult one because yeah, everyone wants to compete at the highest level and everyone's really competitive. And you're talking about really great riders that have chose not to do the world championship, but it would be it would be cool if how how packed and how stacked the MXGP class would be if you could bring all of them riders back together, you know, and have mm. the full world championship with all of these riders back in. But yeah, I think that's that's quite far away from from where we're at at the moment. And just quickly, James, also with the age rule, obviously it divides a lot of opinion and we obviously lose a lot of guys because of it or, you know, they end up going domestic championships because of the circumstances they then are faced with. But speaking to a couple of riders, they've made suggestions like maybe it should it be 25, should it be 26 or should it be performance-based or appearance-based? Any of that stuff sort of crossed your mind as well and your thoughts on it? Well, after watching the, the weekend in Turkey that basically anyone who turned up could get world championship points, I nearly, nearly uh, gave my mate Adfad Fazi a call to see if he had a bike available because I've always wanted to score world championship points and um, no one's going to take that away from me. So I nearly ended up in Turkey the weekend um, and I nearly raced. But that's... I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen that, so... You probably could have been the highest. You probably could have been the highest earner into into in the world championship round in Turkey if you put that on the internet. Well, I was a little bit worried because uh, I've aged out, obviously, just of um, MX2, so that would put me into uh, MXGP, and I really didn't want to get in the whole title race thing because I know Jorge would get mad at me. So um, those waves so didn't look too much fun either, mate. <laughs> Uh, I can imagine. I reckon uh, people would have paid a lot of money to see me wobble around in Turkey. Mind you, if it was a mudder, I, I would bet on myself. Um, yeah, it's actually, whilst they're all sort of um, just girlying around, um, whilst the rain's coming down, I'd have been out there just lapping, absolutely wide open. Maybe I've took the two thousand and three KX one two five wide open. Uh, who knows? Anyway, we're 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 literally going off on one here. Um, huh. I actually forgot what I was going to say. No, so um, regarding MXGP, this is where I think we are. Uh, I think uh, MXGP has unfortunately um, gone too far one way. I I love MXGP. I love Infront. I love what they've done. Fantastic for the sport. But the fact of the matter is is we've literally got 15 elite riders in each class at the moment, which is kind of, I guess, the way they see it going with you know, like the whole MotoGP of the best riders, same as Formula One, best riders in the world. But I think what that does, where, you know, and that's fine. If MXGP want that, if they don't want 40 riders on the line, you know, things evolve, life evolves, the world evolves, sport evolves. So if it comes down to being a top 20 in the world and and that's how it is, that's how it is. But what it does offer, I think, for people like the ACU, people like for the ADAC in the French Federation, uh, you know, for um, the, the Dutch... Like, seriously, there's got to be an opportunity here for a 16-round series, which is not World Championship, run by the FAM, which is not World Championship, but is a European Championship. And um, it's a European Open. Uh, You have sort of, and and it could be someone from the UK who kind of looks at this and thinking, do you know what? The British Championship isn't where it is or, or, or what we want. Um, but could we not do, say, four rounds in the UK, four rounds in France, uh, four rounds in, in Holland? Like, you know, that's that's 12 rounds, four rounds in Germany or, or so on. But what, what you've got is you've got a 16 round series in Europe. The costs are down. You know, no one needs to have a crazy motor home and all the rest of it. I'm not saying get your car and put a trailer on the back and go and ride. But what. You know, what I'm saying is a bit like WSX has been created with the Supercross side. I think now is the right time for a series to come out of nowhere, run in Europe with four solid rounds in each country, and 
literally imagine you would have four gates you would have uh, a support series as well because it would be affordable you know we're talking sort of rather than the 300 euros to enter it's 100 it's 100 euros to enter you could, we could choose the best tracks around um let the federations run their own the own events in their countries but have the same promoter i'm i'm just i i just think now is the right time and i i just think the ty- types of riders you would attract it would be such a solid lineup um when you think of all the national riders what are competing in series now which can't afford to go to mhgp but they still want to ride at the highest level. But could you imagine that level if you had a European series? What do you guys think about that? Uh, for me, I'm a little bit on the fence. I think it's definitely positives to what you say. The only other bad thing about that is, of course, the top riders of the world are going to still do the World Championship. And then you might struggle to get spectators or... I don't know, I know it's another series, you know, to dilute take away from like the Ardak or the British or makes this world championship even smaller. I don't know that it's it's a difficult one to to say, you know, without I haven't really thought about it in what you've just said. This is just coming off the top of my head. But yeah, I don't know, Ed, what do you think? It's certainly interesting. You see things that kind of break away from the norm, like I guess your IPL cricket, like you're saying with the WSX and I guess Saudi Arabian soccer league at the moment, if there's money and there's enough sort of pull to get people to do it there's definitely a way forward it can sort of break into the market so i kind of like the idea in a lot of ways that gave more freedom for riders freedom for tracks freedom for organizers i guess but yes yeah, it's just like you said fitting it into the schedule would it be good to run it obviously in opposing times there's not a huge amount of time in the calendar really is there but you know even if it was a five or six round series you know it's just so hard to put it in the schedule where you're not battling with an adac or a you know an italian championship even though it's not really that long or the british for so many british championships but i suppose as an alternative to one of them even i could see you're getting a lot of riders you know so there's definitely you know steps to be made james i reckon it's not a bad point mate i kind of has a bit more of a different feel being european doesn't it it's not just you know restricted to one country so could be a bit of legs in it, mate, if we sort of follow up forward. Have you heard any plans in the making for it? Well, um, I can't say too much, but I, I think there's, I, I think some people are, are aligned correctly in in the fact that I think this could be a way forward. So um, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if um, in the next couple of years we did see something. And, and the reason why I say that is because ideally it could clash with the GPs because you're not looking to... Um, you're not looking for the Jeffrey Hurdens. You're not looking for uh, the Andre Adamos to, to ride in this championship. You're looking for, you know, like I say, the Conrad Muse, the the Henry Jacobis, the uh, you know the Monticelli, Jasikonis, Kulis, this kind of rider. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're looking at all these riders, which are kind of got to a point where oh, I don't want to be paying for a team. You know, I, I I know what I'm worth. I could possibly get my own um my own sort of gear deals. I could put together. I could get quite a nice package for me to be able to live comfortably. Um, I think there'll be teams out there which will be a little bit kind of frustrated with their national series that the fact that, you know, if you look at the UK series this year, we've got one which is run, uh, which is going to be running seven rounds. And we've got one which is uh, has just run five rounds and finished. I mean, you can't really call yourself, a, you know, going back a few years, we all moaned about Brian Higgins. But at least a guy delivered on, um, you know, eight, eight to ten um, rounds every year. Like, if it gets any like shorter, it's going to be like a triple crown soon. So, um, you know, it, I just, I just feel for the for the riders, uh, for the teams, uh, and the riders, which riders are actually hoping for some payday. I mean, Adam, I don't know what the the ADAC is for a race win, but the fact that in the British Championship we're still paying. 400 pound for a race win when in 1996 james dobb was getting more money so like this whole yeah. thing's just like on its I'm ass pretty, and... uh, i'm pretty sure adak is 700 for a race win and you get three races jesus christ so, so you know like well you must and be you loaded a... <laughs> 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 you've been smashing it over there bruv smashing it uh, but you also you also get everybody gets a hundred euros who qualifies also at the ADAC. So even if you're fortieth and you qualify, you get a hundred euros. Hang on, what the fuck is this? What you turn <laughs> up and you get a hundred euros? Yeah, so oh my it covers God. your it covers your after, fee if you qualify. After this podcast goes live, there's gonna be no one left in Britain. We're all gonna be fucking <laughs> off to it for the ADAC. 
Seriously, you get 100 quid just for turning up. Yeah, so obviously the MX2 class is not good In the in the MX Masters, if you if you qualify, you get 100 euros. So it pays back your entry fee if you manage to qualify. What is this black magic you speak, Adam Sterry? <laughs> I, no, no, my mind was blown. I'm you for the for the MX Vice pay. I need to get on the ADAC as well. The, the amount of good stuff I'm saying about the ADAC. Yeah, it could Jeez. be the ADAC MX Vice with Sterry oh, no. Podcast. Official partners. <laughs> I still ain't that... seen you at a round of the ADAC, James. Yeah, well, actually... That's happening. So if you make sure that you're at the ADAC next year, we are there. So we've, we're doing an eight round. I probably shouldn't say it. But anyway, we're doing an eight round, um, basically eight TV programs. We're going to basically visit in uh, uh, me and a couple of video guys are going to uh, just choose some real random events, motocross events. We want to go over to the French Championship, the ADAC. And uh, we're going to do the whole thing from, um, you know, traveling there to coming and hang out with you in Lommel probably um uh go and do some fitness because you know i'm really into my fitness and um go partying uh i like eindhoven by the way and uh rodeo steakhouse we'll go there um after that we went then do some real good video content but that's what we're doing next year eight rounds we're, we're gonna do something a little bit different we're still gonna do mxgp we're, we'll have like a a standalone person go to mxgp but i really want to get into the storytelling side with mx vice and um in uh show exactly what it's about but this is what i mean like i had no idea there was kind of qualifying money for, for adac like you've just literally blown my mind anybody who's listening to this it, their mind's gonna be blown as well because like this is like reminds me of like 1980s british motocross you have fans oh, as well right? yeah yeah like you have people each- turn up on a sunday and watch you <laughs> see <laughs> we don't get that <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I mean, yeah, every round of the Adak's really well, really well organized and run. Um, there's always tons of spectators. Um, the live stream, of course, is also really, really good if, when you watch it. Um, just the whole, the whole, the whole way it's run to to how it's organized stuff's very professional. Um, it's very like it's actually very run a bit like GP, as in the timings and and everything's on time and the way it's presented. The tracks are good. Uh, and of course, there's there's good riders racing there, so the racing's always good. Um, I mean, this year it's always been good r- battles between Nargle, Cock, me, Tixier, Spees, Henry, uh, the young my young team teammate Noah Ludwig, um, and then also people who go fast on cert- certain types of track that they like, you know. Um, so it's also also good racing, but all of that added together. Yeah, it creates more sponsorship for the series, more people interested, more entry fees. Like every round you have to, there's more than 40 entries in, in, in each class, I'm pretty sure. So there's all, there's last chance races at every round. Um, and yeah, so people don't qualify. yeah, so people actually go there and don't qualify because there's that many entries. So um, on Saturday, there's a last chance race. You have your free practice, time practice, and then whoever doesn't get in through time practice goes in the last chance race. Um, and then yeah depending on how many people said they decide on how many people go through the last chance but uh, yeah every round there's people that don't qualify so it's definitely a popular series and uh, is it over two days yeah so it's pretty similar format to to GPs as in you have free practice qualifying practice on Saturday and we have a moto on Saturday instead of the qualifying race it's an official moto and on Sunday you have warm up and two motos. So there's a, there's like an autograph session on Sunday. They do a grid walk where like they have all the bikes lined up on the start straight. And they do interviews. <laughs> they do interviews with the riders and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, that's why I said to you, it's good if you come and check it out because, like you say, if you're going to do that new series, it's good because you can show a bit behind the scenes of what happens at the different races outside of the ones that are broadcasted. You know. Like um, also like the cool races like Ryder in the UK on Wednesday evening. That's also like a very completely different to what you'd normally race, but in itself just such a cool a cool race where like thousands of people come to watch just on a Wednesday evening in the middle of Wales in the middle of nowhere. So, um, Love that's why that. people that's say a... the sport's definitely not dead. It's just yeah, a few things been changing to to get people on the right path again with it. 
Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, um, I'm a staunch believer that, um, if anybody thinks British motocross is dead, then they're just fucking blind because it's, it's alive, it's out there. Um, it just people want to spend their money and people want to turn up to something that excites them and they want to enjoy it. So, people. You know, and, and again, you know, it's tough times. People are going to spend their money wisely. So if they're not going to get the maximum amount of um, enjoyment from from what they're spending, they're not going to. So Look I think those veterans now... races you've been to in the last couple of weeks, mate, they're going off the chops, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the the the, the World Vets at Farley was possibly one of the best uh, weekends I've had in the last few years, and especially motocross-wise. It's probably, to be, to be honest, that, that event put my love of motocross back into me it was like being a kid again you know it was it was a really good vibe i got to hang out and have a few drinks with pingree chad reed uh emig you know americans you know how 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 think about this for a weekend adam like you know think about who your heroes were and and, and those guys were, were some of mine sort of growing up along with like ricky johnson and and so on but imagine this for a weekend right you go racing you ride against chad reed and jeff emig then you have a few drinks of them at night and then you go racing against them the next day with loads of banter, taking a piss, such a chilled out vibe. Farley for me was just one of the best things I've ever done. It was like, it was awesome. And then not only just me, every rider I spoke to just couldn't quite believe that they sort of looked over to the right and there's an American star next to them or Brad Anderson or Nev Bradshaw or, or whoever, you know what I mean? It was such a great weekend, super laid back. Everybody was you know, super chilled. And then the vets at Fox Hills was absolutely insane. You know, everybody's been saying about how great it was, you know, um, the riders that, you know, and and these young riders now, um, which are interested in the Evo bikes and it's brought back their interest in, you know, you take those two events, British motocross is alive and kicking, but for some reason it's not transferring to um, the, the series. So, I think it's down to, I think they've got the format wrong. Uh, I think they've got the presentation wrong. Um, you know, in, in you know, it, it is what it is. And until they start to change, then it's not going to help British motocross. But when you start to hear what Adam's just said about the, the ADAC, I mean, that excites me. Two days, like the way that's presented, the you know, the, the, the riders interviewed, you know, like a motor on Saturday makes so much sense. You take, you're going all that distance why not have a moto on a Saturday and two motors on a Sunday? That's what, and the crowd's going to love that as well because they're they're going to be making making a way. Like I'm going on a little bit here, but one of the things which I think is really cool is like you know at Farley it was fifty quid for camping for a weekend. I mean Farley Hungford is a beautiful beautiful place, and you know I'm I'm lucky to live fifteen miles away from it. Every house there is like two million pound. It's the fact that you can go camping there next to a river, you can go and swim in for fifty quid for your family. And, and put in a camper or a tent, you know, that's cheaper than any holiday you can get in the UK. So, you know, again, you, these, these promoters have to think a little bit further about how do we get the family there? How do we get mum? How do we get the kids there? You know what I mean? Let's get uncles and aunties down for, uh, you know, to come and stay over 50 quid. You know, fucking bring the whole family. Like, but, like, like, you just, like you just said, like I think all the events that kind of do well are all the events that are have atmosphere, that are cheap, uh, cheaper. To, I don't know how much it is to, if you want to go watch the Adder. I'm not sure, but I can't imagine it's more expensive than the British. Um, I don't know how much it is, so I'm not sure on that. But like, like I said, the Rider, um, the Kyuval you have on on a Monday, but no, on a Tuesday over here in Belgium. It's just they literally make it in the centre uh, here, like just up the road from where I live, in the trees, on the street, real old school. Um, but they have a big party tent there. And there's honestly thousands and thousands of people just come and watch because they have a rider, they have a DJ playing. There they have music on in the music festival. I think sometimes the races are too serious. So, Of course, they need to, for the rides and stuff, you need to be serious, serious. It needs to be professionally run. But... For the spectators, I think it needs to be less serious and more atmosphere, more enjoyable, more like the events over here, like the Dutch Masters, also thousands of people go and watch, and the Kyoval over here, it's more like a festival where you go get drunk with your mates with the added bonus of watching some motocross, not, not as I think the British in the 
in the UK, it's more you only go and watch the British Championship if you if you have a big interest in British motocross. Like, I I think I think it needs to be almost the other way around. You know, it needs to be a fun fun where it gets people who um, maybe don't know motocross and gets them there because it's a good it's a good vibe. They can go with their mates. They can take the family. There's atmosphere going on. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's why then smaller races, like you said, the vets, there's nations and stuff. Because people are there partying, there's so much atmosphere. Yeah, people want to go and enjoy the events that they're paying to go and watch. You know, I think that's my opinion on why these smaller races, from my experience over here, why they do so well. Um, I mean, like, I don't know if you've ever been to the Cayuval over here, but it's that I would add onto your list of events to go and film because there they really just make it in the street, on the side of the road, and you can go and stand on the side of the track and Jeffrey can go make a berm up the side of your shins. People stand on the, on the track. It's like, that. yeah, there's no, there's, you would never be allowed to do it in the UK, but I mean, like literally people are covered, covered in sand and they're just buzzing off it because it's off Koldanoff's back wheel or Yago's back wheel. And it's just. Caroli was there this year too, wasn't he? Yeah. They've got like sand from Caroli's back wheel and their beer and they're drinking it and they're just, yeah, they love it, but yeah, like sometimes I think them races do better because they're less they're less serious, you know, as a as a spectator point of view. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We um yeah, we need to get out on the road next year. And um, regarding the rest of the year for you, Adam, what um obviously still next year is up in you know you know you don't know what's happening quite quite you know uh, quite yet for next year. But regarding the rest of this year, how many races you got left? Um, three. I have two Addacks and Matley. Two Addacks. Ah, so you're going to be a, uh, doing an appearance at the Matley GP. Yeah, I got. I'm going to come to Matley home home GP. So one I always like to do. Excellent. The three uh, three races I really like to do on the calendar is is Czech, Lommel, and and Matley. So of course Matley, I like to do it because it's the it's the home GP. So it's nice to to see people that. They don't get to see me ride all year, apart from Hawkstone, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I would like to come and do a British Championship. Like, for me, it's interesting. Like, Hawkstone, I'd love to do British and stuff like that. It's just most of the times, because there's so free, not many free weekends with the GPs, the ADAC's always on the same weekend as uh, as a British. So I did get asked also to do to do uh, Fox Hills, but it ah. was the same weekend as uh, Tensfeld ADAC. So unfortunately, right. couldn't... Uh, couldn't do it but that's definitely an event i want to do in the future and uh yeah hopefully next year it doesn't clash with whatever series uh, i'm doing well maybe if you'd done fox hills you would have got picked for the nation's team so who knows <laughs> <laughs> no comment uh right um mate it's been freaking awesome um to chat to you as always we need to make this a regular thing don't you think ed <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of already is, but yeah, mate, it's been good. But I was just going to say about how busy the schedule is if you're doing GPs and ADAC. I think Spees was saying he just had a 12-week block earlier in the season and then another 12-week block of no weekends off, just straight racing. So it gets pretty hectic for you, blokes, that's for sure. But yeah, definitely thanks again for taking the time, Adam. It's been good to get your perspective on a lot of things. As always, mate, you got great views and insights into how things can be fixed and how things are and you know, what can be done to make the sport better in general, especially all the way from the amateur age groups to the professional level. So cheers again from my end, mate. Yeah, no problem. It's a pleasure always to, to join you on the on the podcast and give my opinion on things. And uh, yeah, I enjoy it as always. So thanks for having me again. No, I think it's important, Adam, when you, when you think about what you've done, you know, going back to, you know, Steve Turner's team, you know, obviously, you know, schoolboy champion, like, you and your family have been there, seen it, done it. You know, I've been lucky enough to uh, uh, follow you for quite a lot, a lot of your journey. Um, that's how old I am, um, you know, throughout the year. So I've watched you come through sort of the schoolboy ranks and, and then obviously the first few years in EMX, um, you know, two, 250 before obviously you went up. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, f f you're, you're one of the hardest working, you know, uh, people out there. You, you've family, fantastic family around you um you know you're one of the genuine hard-working uh guys out there but obviously have got a lot of talent as well so um i think a lot of riders who are coming through a lot of kids um i think if they're looking for a role model i think 
they they should be looking at you. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but you do all the right things. Um, you say the right things. And what I like about you is you're honest as well. So you're happy to give over your opinions and, uh, you know, and spend your time with uh, the young kids which are coming through, which uh, probably need a little bit of help. Like, I, I can't believe even in the, nowadays when I'm around the GPs and there's there's still some young riders which uh, have no nutritional information or background or don't even know what to eat and stuff like that. And I find it, you know, crazy, but you've kind of had to, to learn that over the years. And I still think that there's something missing in there for, and this is not just, just British riders that, you know, a lot of people from different countries don't know, you know, are not getting coached right and not getting the nutrition right and stuff like that. And, and in sport it's, it's, it's so busy. Have you ever thought about, you know, before we leave, have you ever thought about sort of, I know you've done a bit of coaching before, but have you thought about sort of having sort of four or five riders you look after? I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy coach. I have a few riders in the UK, not on a regular basis, but when I'm back in the UK, I help a little bit. Um, and it's something I enjoy, especially when they are younger and you see the improvement, you know, um, and I do enjoy it, but at the moment I'm focused on, on, trying to do the best I can be in, in, in my races. And yeah, that, that takes up most of my focus at the moment. So I do enjoy coaching and, and I would like to do some more days. Uh, it's just difficult to fit, to fit in being in Belgium. And now the travel back to the UK is not, not, uh, not as easy as it was before. Um, but yeah, hopefully next year I can make a few more days available and uh, yeah, we can organize a few more, a few more days where I can pass some information on. No, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Um, yeah, I hope the family's well. And uh, probably next time I'll see you will be uh, Matley Basin. Yeah, I'll see you at Matley. And again, yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. No, no worries, worries Take care, Thanks for coming on.